0: The following production is brought to you by The Talkin' Buds Leave Show. I just had this feeling coming into this episode today that it's going to be an emotional roller coaster of sorts. So, I leave for a few days to go to Mexico for a wedding. And while I'm sitting on the beach, I'm enjoying a nice um, cocktail. And I get a notification on my phone that Ryan O'Reilly has a broken finger. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, really? Really? Like, really? Is is this really happening? There are certain franchises in professional sports. The Dallas Cowboys. London UK International Soccer. Manchester United. Manchester United. England. Buffalo Bills. The Ferrari F1 team. And the Toronto Maple Leafs that are just... It's a curse. They're cursed. It's a curse. They, you're not allowed to have nice things. You're not allowed to have success. And I just like put my head down and you combine that with all the uh barrage of tweets I saw on Twitter of just what a catastrophe the Saturday night game in Vancouver was. And I'm just like, oh my god, like this. Oh I was actually happy I missed it, to be quite honest with you. It it literally feels like the last pod we did was 2 years ago i know and it was it was 8 days ago it was it felt like 2 years ago just the most crazy day in this franchise's recent history maybe maybe definitely the craziest day in deadline history for this franchise and they just you know like it was a tough road trip to get all this started like they they go and just get absolutely embarrassed in edmonton I thought they were decent against Calgary, not great, but they eke out a win. Um, great in the first period against Vancouver, and then I don't know what happened. The ghost took over their body. It was it was pathetic, and then they they go and get a massive W in New Jersey, and it's just it's amazing how it just went from so much excitement, the roller coaster of takes this week has just been wild, and and I'm I'm included in there too. Like it's it's so hard not to overreact to, to just a game-to-game basis with this hockey team. I get off the plane, and it's like, okay, they, they have this weird um, road trip where they're coming from the West Coast and making a stop in New Jersey. It was a great hockey team and just got Timo Meyer. So you're like, oh, oh, no. Like, how's this going to go? And O'Reilly's out. T- Tavares gets rocked. Rocked, rocked so he's out and then sam lafferty moves up to play second line center which is like we still haven't i I, personally like i barely watched the guy they acquired him and then i got on a plane and went to mexico so i'm like oh oh, no like when you when you envisioned the lineup that's not where sam lafferty was and you're just kind of like oh man then in the warm-up of the new jersey game Elias Samsonov takes a William Nylander shot off the balls. His words, not mine. And you're just like, we're on the precipice of like a potential, like we're going to do some good numbers here if they lose this game tonight, let's be honest. And then they go out and get a big win. And Austin Matthews, who has also been a topic of conversation in his own right for marginal play, let's call it that, gets a huge winner like a minute or so left in the game and now you wake up today and you're like hey you know what like that was a nice win yeah it's it's you can't over i'm trying so hard not to overreact to like that that game against jersey was just such a it was going to be such a polarizing game in the sense where if they lost even though they were in a tough spot they're coming back even though jersey was just out west too but they're coming back from a long road trip they they're their big acquisition just got hurt. Their captain is, has this weird fake illness with a, a top of getting absolutely rocked. They have new guys who haven't even been back to Toronto to even, like, settle down. These guys don't even know where they're living yet. They haven't even unpacked their suitcases. They've been on the road nonstop. Really tough road trip for guys to come in and, yep. and step in and play a role. And it's just, I was trying so hard Do not spaz if they were going to lose that game, but they they go down three two, and uh, here I am finding myself throwing a spaz, being like, "Oh, like I just don't feel like hearing it." Like that's it's almost that, and I was like, "I just don't feel like hearing it the next day." Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to turn on the radio, I don't want to go on Twitter, I don't want to watch any videos about just another day of like almost negativity in a sense. And and then they pull out a big W, and it was it was awesome and. It's just, I think it's really important to remember that these guys haven't even, like, settled down yet. Like, no. imagine just, I know they make a lot of money. I know they're pros, but just, you, you hop in on a long road trip. You have, and they like, you have to get settled in as a human being. So, I was just trying my absolute best, win or loss, to come on here and just keep a level head. Because it's, it's fine. It's all fine. I loved how they won that game. But, like, let's just, everyone, let's just take a deep breath we were dealt a, a, an awful hand with O'Reilly and it's just it, we got to keep our composure here as a fan base a little bit I saw a pretty uh interesting take last night about Ryan O'Reilly and was like hey you know what this might not be the worst thing for a guy who dealt with an injury earlier this year and he's a, a, a bit of an older guy to give his body like he's gonna get four weeks rest for the rest of his body heading into uh, the round first round series I, against Tampa. I, I, f- I find it shocking how positive people have been kind of spinning. I feel, I feel like people are spinning this injury into a positive to just make themselves feel better. Yes, because like I said off the top, it's like I I I just had this moment when I saw that notification on my phone where I was like, "Are you are you kidding me? Yeah, are you kidding me? That's." <laughs> Like people Awful. already, the naysayers, um, when they made the deal, were calling it Nick Felino 2.0. But now the guy's getting hurt, and you're like, oh my god! I th- I really? Think, I think the I think why people are staying positive because, I mean, it's a broken finger, so it's pretty like cut and dry injury. It's yes. not like he pulled something and it's weird and whatever. It's just like it's you broke your finger, you have to get a procedure done, and you got to heal it a certain way for it to get better. Like I think that's. It was a good injury in that sense and the fact that technically he can come back in time for for regular season games. I don't hate the spin of giving his body some rest because he is an older guy and he's a veteran guy and he knows what it, it takes and it's not like he's been in the lineup for a few games so the, the whole acclimation process won't be as bad and I think he... I honestly don't hate that take. I might, I might drink some of that Kool-Aid to help calm myself down. I think everybody's... Drinking that Kool-Aid. Yeah. It, it, it was kind of shocking how how quick people spun it in a positive way, which I, I I give Leaf's nation credit for doing that, but what what an absolute garbage ounce. Like, oh yeah. I feel so bad for Kyle. Like I just I, know. I felt really bad for him because he just goes out and does exactly what everyone wants him to do. And it's just <laughs> You just knew it as soon as the puck hit his hand, his reaction. You're like, this. this I've seen this before. Yep. This is brutal. Um, let's talk about some of the new guys. Um, you know, Kyle Dubas made a, a point of saying that they wanted to go out and get guys um, that were tougher to play against. And, and when I, as I mentioned earlier, when I saw that Sam Lafferty was going to center the second line, I was like, ooh, is this like he's kind of, I had him sort of slotted as like a third or fourth line bottom six guy. I thought he was pretty good. I thought he was really good centering that line against New Jersey, which is a good hockey team and a good test. Guy skates really, really well, finishes his checks, in on the four check, and just like when you compare him to the guy he essentially replaced in Pierre Engvall. They're they're very similar. But he's a – yes, but there's one important thing that they're not similar in. He's hard to play against. Pierre Engvall's the easiest guy to play against in the league. Sorry, I, I, haters. I, I think that, that... I had some guy commented our video last week to, saying that we had low hockey IQ for dunking on Engvall, and I was like, "You're an idiot, man! You're an idiot." Low, what, what? What? What is he? A head coach? Yeah, I don't like, know. is he scouting us? I don't know. I was like, low that's like IQ. man, man. No one is saying Pierre is a bad hockey player, but. This not, team has had softness in abundance. We've seen enough. I've seen yeah. enough of it. Yes. Like I've seen enough of it. Like I just, I, he, Sam Lafferty, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just be easy. He's hard to pull. Well, That remains to be seen if he's hard to play against. But he does remind me a lot of Engvall in the sense where he's an extremely fast North South skater. Like in a straight line, those two guys can, can move, but I like how he can play center. Like, I like how he could play center. He came in, and that's way more useful for this hockey team, a way more versatile player, a a bigger guy who with with the same speed, kind of the same skill set, but can play center. And it's just a fresh face. Like, I know, I don't care. Say what you want about Ingvall. I was just done with the guy. I don't care if I have a low hockey IQ. It's just, I I see a player who's very similar to him, but he plays center, and he's just more likable to me because he's new. And, and... (laughs) uses the body. That's valuable. That's valuable. That's that's something that this team values because it was not how many times in scrums do we see guys get pushed around and no one out there did anything about it? There's the, they've been kind of the, I I've been noticing that they're not so chippy players are feeling more comfortable to Yes. Cuz you got just guys finish, out there like one more check yes. a game. Which brings me to the next guy who I am Appoint me the new president of this guy's fan club Jake McCabe's a great hockey player He's a great hockey player I love the way he plays He's got a steady presence back there I think him and Brody together Is a great defense pairing He just He, he, he takes the body He rubs guys out He's he's um, not sketchy with the puck He's a stay at home guy He's Positionally sound He's not like Doesn't give the puck away And make stupid decisions He's like Solid. It, yes, yeah. that's, that's that's the word I, I was looking it, he's for. He's Just a solid defenseman, and I thought he's I thought he's played pretty well. Uh, I, I thought he's been really good. I, I thought he was really good against Jersey. Um, it, it was just it was tough to judge all those games at West. Man, that was just a weird. It's just the way that whole thing that whole thing worked out. It was just weird. But it it I I think so far it's nice to have a guy step into your top four immediately and just be a top four guy. Solid. Yes. Just solid. Yes. I, I like. Man, he's a really good hockey player, and dude, we got him for a couple more years at two million bucks. Are you kidding me? That's a steal of the century. What do you think of Luke Shen? I, I Luke Shen's exactly what I thought Luke Shen would be. Just he's gonna go out and lay a nice hit, and he's gonna be physical, but he's just he's he's a, he's a bottom pair guy, and he just kind of he's fighting for that spot with Justin Hole and. And I would say Giordano, but Giordano's not coming out, even though sometimes it looks like Mark Giordano's thirty nine years old, but I, I thought he's it's fine it's just it's so hard. I just don't want to judge these guys too fast, positively or negatively. like they just they, they like it's just that road trip like I need to see more of them, basically like I don't want to get too excited. I know that's boring i I could come on here and be animated either way, but i just I'm trying really hard to to give more of a sample size to judge these guys. Well, Luke Shen's a perfect example of that because he gets dealt, meets the team in Calgary, his wife's like going going to go into labor any minute, has to leave after Calgary, go back to Vancouver where his wife is basically like in labor and yeah. hasn't been with the team since. I know. And I assume he'll be back on on Saturday at home against Edmonton, which I'm really happy I didn't miss that. I was talking to you about that before I left about um the the ovation I think he's going to get. When he returns to Scotiabank Arena, there it was nice to see some highlights on my phone of of him taking the body. Yeah, yeah, like he's he's just it's nice having a guy who can actually lay a hit and it's an impactful hit because he's such a big man. But I, I didn't see enough to to give him to to like everyone throwing him on a pair with Riley right away. Like just let, let's all relax here. Like we just I know we want results quickly because the playoffs are only. 18 games away now and that's not a lot of time but it, it they they do need 18 games to really see what is going to happen and wh- who they really have to be ready for the most important game of the season game one Sheldon Keefe taking a lot of heat on on Twitter for um scratching Timothy Lilligren which I think is just because I think Lilligren has been one of their best defensemen, and you just pointed out how Mark Giordano looks like he's 39 years old, so why not give the guy some load management nights off? I'm just so worried about hurting his feelings. It's too bad! That, that, here's yeah, Honestly, that leads into a problem I have with Sheldon Keefe right now, and that's, and Dubas, it can be lumped into, is they, they are really, really um, cautious of whose feelings get hurt. Like it's easy to throw down Michael Bunting and bench him because he's Michael Bunting. Like he's just that player who's gonna respond to a, to a challenge, and he's not a top guy. But it's just, especially with Cooper benching the big boys in Tampa, like that. That would not saying that Keith has to do that, but that would never happen here. And I love Mark Giordano, and I'm, I, I, he's not exactly one of their top players, but I honestly believe they wouldn't sit him because of of that reason. Like well, they're, they're so conscious about hurting. Some particular player's feelings on this roster. Well, for him, it wouldn't even necessarily be a quote unquote benching. It would be a dude. You're 39 years old. I like know, you're 39 years old. And, Take and, a night off. And, it, and, it, and it's the it's it's the argument that since he's 39 years old, taking a night off would would almost be worse because he's got to stay in the in the play in the routine to 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 keep in shape because he is 39. That's but, stupid. But I just think I think that. I don't I don't know even know what to think. Like I guess if you're a coach, you respect Mark Giordano so much. He's 39, he's a veteran. If he wants if he tells you he wants to play every night, like what would you do? Like I, I I would say you're 39 years old. We just got we just brought in um two new guys back there that need to or three new guys in Gustafson that need to draw into the lineup and get acclimated with our systems. You know the system. We're gonna need you when it counts in big minutes come April. Sit down. Like your body is old. We saw you in the blueprint wearing those things on your legs because you have 39-year-old legs. Like, you don't get a say. Like, John Cooper, guys got some stones, man, to look at these guys and go, you're playing like shit right now. Have a seat. And you're absolutely right. Sheldon. What does Sheldon Keefe do? Puts Alex Kerfoot up on the first line with Matthews and Marner. Yeah, I, I. That's my reaction to that. I'm, I'm, I. When I saw that the other day, I was in. I, I was. I, even now, I have no words. What, what, what are we doing here, Sheldon? It's just like the, he sent a message to the only player who could like. Accept a message and not yes. cry, and that that leads to you know. There's been speculation that we saw it earlier this year, and there's been speculation before about the internal politics within this dressing room with respect to the the superstars. And I'm talking Guys about would never get like I'm I talking think, about the two big boys up front. And listen, he came through in the clutch last night, and I've I, I've said it, you've said it, you've all said it that if he gets big goals in April, none of it matters. Austin Matthews hasn't been very good. Like me just if you look at you said it perfectly last night. If you look at his play compared to McDavid and Pasternak, it's yeah. not even close. And and well, he's dealing with an injury. It's like, yeah, it's it's to me, it's. You think Connor McDavid's one hundred percent healthy? Like I know Matthews is is a point a game player, and that's like that's nice. But when you're when you're talking about a guy who we've considered a top five player in the NHL, who's On his way to signing the biggest contract in the history of the league, you you, kind of, some, some people can be like, yeah, but he's better defensively. He's better. This he's better that like, so what if the scoring tails off a little bit? And it's like, you know what this year looking at the top players in this league, that is just not an excuse. Like there are guys legitimately going out every single night and scoring and putting up two point games like Connor McDavid Leon Drysaitel, like Pasternak, like these guys are just ridiculous. Even like Tage Thompson, like now, now there's a whole new generation of guys like Jack Hughes. Like how many chances did he have last night? And that's like, that's he's he's got like, forty goals. That's like, why I get upset with the people who who get mad when you when you lobby some criticism at Matthews because that's where his bar is. Yeah, and he and he's made it clear that that's his bar. It's yes. not like we put him there. Like yeah. he's the one. Who's who's kind of set that expectation of that's that's how he needs to be perceived and and I'm not like hating on him it's just if you no, like it, it's, they're, it's, they're just better players in the yes, league doing better yes. things and you're f- kind of falling behind right now hundred percent like this is like and, and he's I'm having... sorry when you look at him and Marner and Nylander specifically those three guys specifically you can throw Tavares in there too but I want to focus on those three right now. Uh, you know what, Nylander had scored some big goals and played well against Tampa last year. So let's focus on Marner and Matthews. And also, William Nylander has been benched before and has taken it like a man and has responded. These are two guys who are the two franchise guys who have a resume of disappearing in big moments in the playoffs. So when you see them doing this at this point in the regular season and not sort of like sort of gearing up to it. And Marner had the beauty goal I, last I, I night. Would, I would not lump Marner in this conversation no, 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 in I'm terms talking... of performance this season. Okay, okay, okay. We're, let's, let's be abundantly clear. You're right. Let's be abundantly clear before some before we get ripped and taken out of context. In the playoffs, those two guys have disappeared in the big moments. And so I think when you look at Matthews and the season he's had thus far, and as we said earlier, where his bar is... It's it's a bit worrisome, and I don't want to like that was the number one thing I saw online when someone like because there's a few people who I've noticed on Twitter lately who who have like been vocal and been like this isn't good enough and everyone is just like he's saving himself for the playoffs he's saving himself for the playoffs he's he's like it's not saving himself for the playoffs you think. Connor McDavid is going to play the exact same way, and Connor McDavid is an apt comparison because there, for many years, there were people who said that one and one a. That's over. You, that conversation you, is they're over. They're not even on the same planet. No. I'm sorry. Like one is, like Connor McDavid is a, is a way better hockey player than anybody else in this league, you, let alone Austin Matthews. When it's all said and it's done, it's a joke when, that those two were considered in the same breath. When it's all said and done, you think he'll be the greatest? I play. think he already is the greatest hockey player to ever yeah. lace him up. I think he's, he's, even, on, he's a even created player. Like yeah. that's what he is. Like when you were a kid created your player, made him 99 overall, he'd score a zillion, he'd score a zillion goals in the regular season. And it would be like, he's that guy in real life. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's like, I almost swore there. Like, it's insane what I'm watching from this guy. He's going to score 70 goals. Like it's, it's ridiculous. He is so much better. Like I would say he is the most dominant athlete in their sport. At all pro sports. So, coming full circle, for a long time, Austin Matthews was mentioned in the same sentence as him. So, that's why I get – it, it kind of bugs me when, when people start making excuses and are like, oh, he he's saving himself for the playoffs. Oh, he's dealing himself with the injury. If you're not healthy, you shouldn't be playing. Like, full, like we we need you operating. If this team is going to go on the run that everyone thinks it's going to go on – Austin Matthews is going to be the one who leads the way to get them there. Yeah. So if you're not healthy, you shouldn't be playing. You should be resting to get your body ready to, to be the Austin Matthews Hart Trophy winning performer that you were last year. Yeah. Like, I don't think that that's unreasonable. He's not saving himself for the playoffs. Like, you you say, bring up Pasternak, too. That guy, that guy's ridiculous. Their puck's gonna drop in their game in their round one series against like Pittsburgh or whoever, and that guy's gonna be just as dominant as yeah. he's been all regular he's season. Score big so goals. That one, that one, like the injury one, I'm kind of like, okay, maybe he's not healthy, but like, man, like he's saving himself for the playoffs. Dumb, he's just falling, he's just falling behind other players this year. Like, there's just guys in the league who are better than him. Yes. Like, he's just not in that, like, I know last year he was unbelievable, won the Hart Trophy, but from from the puck drop of this season, there's just been other hockey players just flat out way better than he's been. Yes, and guys who have been in the league, uh, who haven't been in the league as long, like a Tage Thompson. Yeah, who's yeah. unbelievable, like, who's like a, a shoe-in to, to put it in the net every night, almost. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't want to get too, like, carried away. I, it just like what is your like like there's this end of the season is such a grind for me mentally like what do we like i just can't put my finger on what mindset i need to be in so for the rest of this season so like it's I'll, just so i'll tell you I'll, I'll, we'll make a we'll make a little checklist here okay first and foremost Elias Samsonov is this team's number 1 goaltender period end of discussion not Matt, Matt Murray goes out and has a good performance Against Vancouver because he wasn't the reason why they lost that game. Even though some of the like, it, 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 he was he was good that game, and all of a sudden we're we're back to it's, it's about Murray game one starter. No, no, Ilya Samsonov is the dude. That that game, that game should have been eight nothing at the end of the first period in New Jersey last night. If not for Ilya Samsonov standing on his friggin' head, so Ilya Samsonov is keeping him healthy and keeping him playing at the clip he's playing. So you're confident with him being your game one starter is. Number one, number two, you um said sort of off air that you wanted to walk back your, your comment about yeah, the chemistry. Yeah. You flat out. I think everyone asked this question. You were just like, are you worried about the chemistry? And I just like blew it off. I was like, nah, but no, like it's, it's a real thing. Like, yeah. Like these guys, again, joined the team on a tough road trip, having gotten settled, just meeting new people. Half the team just got traded. Like that, that it is a big deal. Like it is, I I completely underestimated the, that, that factor of it. Like it is a big deal to have that much turnover and to just bring in so many new guys who need to get settled into a new team. Like that, that's actually really hard to do. And I'm really, really underestimated that. Who's your starting six defenseman for game one? I don't know. I, 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 uh, for I think the top four is is pretty settled. Like it's Riley, Lilligren, Brody, McCabe. They're never going to take Giordano out. So you know, sometimes it, I don't think Giordano looks that great, even though I I wouldn't take him out either. But so it's a carousel between Gustafson. I Hall don't think and seeing, I don't think I don't think you're going to see Gustafson. I think the only way you're going to see Gustafson is is if Morgan Riley really starts to suck. But even then, that's not that's not going to change anything. No. there. Th- so there's, there's a lot of people that are hating on the Luke Shen acquisition. And if you look at his numbers, like I, I get it, but I just don't understand why you would acquire this guy. If you're not going to put him in the lineup when it counts, like you, you clearly acquired him because you feel the physicality he brings is more important than Justin Hall. Like, Clearly, so I would not be shocked to see him as their sixth guy come game one. I don't know if they pair him with Giordano or what, but I just, I just don't see. I just don't see. Like, what, what's the point of going and getting Luke Shen if game one your Justin Hole's in the lineup? Well, Although this, Justin Hole is Sheldon Keith's son, so it's entirely possible it, that that's that, kind of strange how they didn't like move out one of those guys at the deadline because it, it is kind of like. It doesn't really make sense. You've like, also got is, Connor Timmons kicking like, around, you I, I got Jordy Ben kicking around. I like, know it's nice to have depth, like trust me, like depth's very important, but it's almost like too log jammed and like I don't want to see Lilligren come out of the lineup because that's kind of like I I would not be surprised if he was out of the lineup, like would you? Like I I I, I think I think if Timothy Lilligren is not in the lineup in game 1, I want Sheldon Keefe removed from the from I want Sheldon Keefe fired. Like that that's that's, that's I, Gal- I would not Sheldon be surprised. Keith, if Mike Babcock took Timothy Lilligren out of the lineup and dressed a, a, and galaxy brained Alex Kerfoot into the top six, we'd be sitting here right now ripping on him. Absolutely ripping on him. Like it's Alex brutal. Is, Sucks. I can't score, man. Sucks. And now we have oh now, now there's God. a bunch of now there's a bunch of, of his apologists online that are like They're like, well, you know what? He's actually pretty effective when he's out there. Score a goal, dude. Like, seriously, like, I don't care. I don't care. You need to produce results. Going out there and skating around effectively doesn't do anything for me or the team. Like, and this is what always drives me nuts with people who are like, oh, well, he's got great underlying numbers. Cool. They lost the game 3-2 and he didn't get a point. That's really great that 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 he looked good skating around out there. I hate that yeah kerfoot is uh I mean like yeah he gets it on the four check like I get it like that that's nice i I like guys who get it on the four How check many times he's does not a heavy Alex, he's yeah. not a heavy four checker he could skate but like it is so clear at this point that this guy cannot score like he's just he is so like I don't even want to say snake bitten like it's almost like his scoring ability has just left his body if game one against the Tampa Bay Lightning comes around, and Timothy Lilligren is in the press box, and Alex Kerfoot is in the top six. I want Sheldon Keith removed. Alex, Alex Kerfoot will not be in the top six. I can promise you that. Good. He better not de- be. De- barring injuries. Like, say they have a, a pretty optimal lineup, then, then no, he's not playing in the top six. Oh. But I, I could 100% see Justin Hole in, Luke Shen in, whoever in, and, and Lilligren out, which that, is well, absolutely ridiculous. It is, it's it's it's. it's I think Timothy Lilligren is is there is you said it earlier he's one of their top four yeah he is in their top like four. Riley Brody McCabe um, Lilligren is their top four yeah and even then and if you were gonna if I was gonna point to someone in that group that teeters on four or five it would be Morgan Riley because he's so inconsistent not Timothy Lilligren Sheldon yeah we'll see we'll see because it's just I know I know Hole is. <sighs> He's just one of those guys who, like, when someone's just in a market for a long time and it's just kind of a... Like, he's been good and he's been a fringe player. He's been brutal. So I feel like just the fact that he's been around here for so long, no one wants to see him in the lineup. Everyone wants to hey, see him listen, out. Hey, how, listen. How much better, like... I, I would really just need to sit down and just, and just see, like, who is Luke Shen's physical presence and what he brings more important than what Justin Holt brings? And Justin Holt really doesn't bring, like... It was embarrassing when he got his ass kicked by uh, yes. by Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. Yes. That yes. that was really embarrassing. Yes, like I, I would I would a, not dude. show my face in the locker and room it's not after like, that happened. It's like not that like. Was, that was that was <laughs> I forgot about that. That was embarrassing. It's, like that was bad. Uh, it's not like that's ass kicked. Yeah, it's not like they had by a guy one who's of those, a like, buck sixty. Yeah, it's not like they had one of those like wrestle fights that like oh, kind of went to the no out. no no he got tagged yeah, yeah he yeah. got knocked like out <laughs> yeah, by Ryan Nugent Hopkins like that's an absolute <laughs> joke you know like I just hey feel listen like... he, he made a nice pass last night to set up the bunting goal I know right. I, it's just <sighs> it's yeah no really we're arguing about a sixth defenseman and even though it is an important spot because that one guy can bring you something very important no doubt but it's. I mean, at the end of the day, like it is still the last position on their roster. So it's, it's also like, who who is, is is McCabe and Brody going to play together the entire time? Like, are they going to try to mix that up a bit? Because I also think that stylistically, depending on what pairs are working best, that would also determine who your sixth guy is. So Justin Bourne made a good point on the Leafs, their uh, postgame show that they do on Sportsnet last night, where Because everyone's been saying that same thing, and Bourne was like, no, no, they brought him in and put him with Brody because Brody's the safety blanket. So you bring him in, you put him with Brody, and then after a few games, you're like, all right, you know the system? You're good? All right, go play with uh, Lilligren or whoever. Yeah. Riley. Yeah, I – man. I just don't see the point in acquiring Luke Shen – why Why did you go get Luke... You, The only thing Luke Shen brings at this point is he's a big body that's tough to play against. So why would you spend an asset? And you could be like, oh, what, like how important is a third round pick? But like, why would you acquire the guy if you're going to sit him in the press box over a Justin Hall or Gustafson? I think that's... I think this is going to be even... I think this is going to be tankered with in the playoffs even. Yeah. Like if... if He's going to decide game. It's going to be the most most important. Actually, no, I think the goaltending might be the most important story. But number two behind it is who's going to be the sixth defenseman. I, I'm, I'm thinking, and, and someone goes out and stinks the joint out game one, then they're coming out. If you told me to uh, put a put a futures on who's in, I'm going Lucian. Like in the past, yeah, I, I disagree. I think I think you're going to see number three out there. I think well, number three like is going to get every opportunity available to to. To put himself out of the lineup. Well, my nickname for him now is Sheldon Keefe's son, because yeah. Sheldon Keefe just absolutely yeah, loves the guy. But Keefe, show, yeah. Keefe has favored the big body six guy in the past. Like, like Roman Polak and Labushkin, and like so he's that's something that he's valued. So and he was glowing about him after the the Calgary game. Yeah, like his yeah, quotes after the Calgary game were like, you know, you see a guy go out there and go toe-to-toe with like this guy's just been behind the bench. We've been ripping on Sheldon a little bit here, but like he's just been behind the bench his whole career, watching his team just get run off the ice physically. So he was like, he was hot and bothered after Lucic bounced off Luke Shen in the in the Calgary game. Yeah, so, I hope so. And then the last thing on on the pre playoff checklist is what we talked about earlier. I think you just got to focus on getting Austin Matthews to a better place, and hopefully he picks up some momentum after scoring the big goal. But yeah, I think. I think you're good with, I think Nylander has been great all year. I think Tavares is Tavares. And I think the best thing that happened to John Tavares was acquiring Ryan O'Reilly. And I think you just got Marner's Marner. He has a shift where he does something boneheaded. Like if Marner has five shifts, he looks great on four of them. And then he has one where he does some, something boneheaded or tries to do something too pretty or whatever. But Marner's Marner, you got to get Matthews back to a, I think I think the ship's kind of sailed. I don't think like as of Saturday he's going to go out there and be Hart Trophy levels, but he's got to be more consistently effective than he's he been. Score thus far. some more goals, yes, man! Yes. Like he just has to get more points because all the best players in the league are getting points and he's not. Yep. he's kind of like in a weird pat. Like look at the players surrounding him. Like you're like really like you're 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 supposed to be fifteen million dollar guy and you're you're down there with. Like, I can't even think of a name, but just somebody who, who's just, like, not on your level. And it's just strange. I just think, I think another thing to add to that checklist quickly is I don't think we're going to find a magic solution to, like, a special playoff lineup in for the rest of the regular season. I think game one, we're still going to have a bunch of questions that are not answered, and it, it they're just all going to be answered in that playoff series. And you're just hoping that it will work out. But I don't think for the rest of this year there's going to be a, a magic lineup that's just going to make us feel good about ourselves that we're going to win that series. No, no, I, I'm with you. You said it earlier, I think he's going to be tinkering with it pretty much all year. But the answer, like, I know he wanted to send a, a message to Michael Bunting, but like, Sheldon, <laughs> Was he picked out the only guy who can yeah. accept there's only two guys on this team who can accept a message and do something with it, Michael Bunting and William Nylander. yeah, everyone else cries, yeah, everyone else or is old yeah i I wouldn't put yeah like Giordano I, I Giordano's a pro, I don't think he's gonna cry. I think that they as a, like they're just not like. Like I thought, Dubis moving on. Oh God, this just reminded me. I thought Dubis moving on from Sandine and Yangval would signify, so because those are Dubis guys, like would sort of signify more of a cutthroat approach he was going to take. But I think you're right with the Giordano thing. I think they just just have too much respect for him. And, yeah. and if and it's like, guys, your jobs are on the line here. Anyways, want to touch on this? Crying about how well Rasmus Sandine has done since arriving in Washington. It's like so like i so like it, it, sometimes you just need a fresh start in a new place and i think that's the case with him i think him and the organization just kind of soured on each other after the um contract debacle in the what well, wasn't really a debacle just the contract disagreement in training camp, we said on our last episode that lilligrand had passed him on the depth chart. He goes to Washington and instantly becomes a top four guy, playing on their top pairing, and he's doing well. And he's in a market where no one thinks they're going to win the Stanley. The Washington's not winning the Stanley right, Cup. are going to make the playoffs. So there's no, there's no like real expectations on him. So it's a shiny new toy. He's he's got a new. I'm happy for the guy. Like it was just a scenario where you go your way, we'll go ours. I, I nice have, knowing I, you. I have way bigger fish to fry than worrying about a couple two point games. Yeah, but, but people I get so people care. get so like, oh my god, look at him now. We traded him. And it's like so what? Like so, this guy was never Rasmus Sandin was never going to be the, the Leafs' top defenseman ever. And some moke's gonna hear me say that and comment that well, low hockey IQ. Shut <laughs> up. That's always the go-to as well, too. Like, we get that on our TikTok all the time. Well, if you guys ever played the game, you'd know this. And it's like, This isn't, like... Shut up. I know. Yeah, hockey's so X's and O's. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, wow. There's a lot of set play. Like, come on. Like, it's just whatever. Embarrassment. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Back against the Oilers on Saturday night. Looking forward to that. That's kind of a redemption game. I'm not looking forward to that. No, you think McDavid's going go yeah, up there? Do you think McDavid's McDavid's going to be home and he's going to play lights yeah, out spas? Yes, he's way too good right now. Oh. I, and it's it, it it's it's weird. The Oilers like they they may not be the the best hockey team in the world, but boy did they look <laughs> did they look like a damn good hockey team on uh, last Wednesday? Holy shit! Yeah, they did. They were they were ready to go, and the Leafs weren't. And oh my you, god, you, you, it like, like a, it was a it was a downhill. Attack, like whoa. Yep. All right, buddy. Let's get out of here. Uh, We'll be back to react after that game, uh, after the Oilers game. So if you haven't subscribed already, make sure you do so. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.